Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Levine. For a long time, we Democrats have been complaining that uh, for all the Republicans' hatred of the Affordable Care Act, which, of course, they derisively call Obamacare, for all the, I lose track, 50, 60, 70, 80 times they voted to repeal it, they never come up with anything of their own. In other words, they say, in, in effect, you know what, we prefer the current system with, you know, one Six of Americans, 15 million Americans having no health insurance, other people with pre-existing conditions dying because they can't afford health insurance, you know, children, poor children not getting health care. And, and basically they, they, they preferred the current system is, was our argument because they never came up with an alternative. Well, guess what? Republicans have an alternative. It's the Burr, Hatch, and Upton proposal. And to let us know the details of that proposal, I've invited Henry Aaron of the Brookings Institute. Henry Aaron, of course, is the great uh, home run king. No, wait, was that different? Um, that was Hank Aaron. That's, that was different. Anyway, Henry, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. And I have been asked to sign baseballs. There you go. Well, you know, you should do it. I have. <laughs> that makes people feel good. Anyway, Henry Aaron is the Bruce and Virginia McLaurie Senior Fellow at the Economic Studies Program at the Brookings Institute. Uh, he was a former director of the Economic Study Program, a noted healthcare expert. He taught at University of Maryland. It's, and he's an impressive guy, even if I don't know if his swing is as good as uh, the great Hank Aaron. But, uh, so, Henry Aaron, the Republicans have a proposal. First of all, that's just shocking in and of itself, isn't it? Uh, no, I don't think it's shocking. Uh, I think, uh, uh, frankly, that the uh, there are legitimate bases for disagreement between the two parties. I don't happen to share the Republicans' skepticism and opposition to the Affordable Care Act, but I think uh, there are honest people who uh, uh, want to pursue a different set of objectives. In this case, though, but the, here's the uh, thing, though. It, for for I mean, the Affordable Care Act was passed in 2010, yep. and for five years. I don't believe anyone put forward – there may have been individuals, but a sort of a joint Republican proposal. This is the first one in five years. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not wrong. Uh, but even this is not, I think, a, a genuinely Republican proposal. It is a proposal of these three uh, uh, senators and representatives. And not all Republicans actually agree with this particular approach. Some would like to go further. Uh, some uh, see, um, uh, would be, I think, willing to retain more of the Affordable Care Act, or they ha although they haven't been willing to say so uh, in the votes to repeal. So this but this is, particular proposal is, yeah. is flawed in important ways, uh, and I think heads not in the right direction toward a viable uh, modification of the Affordable Act, uh, Care Act, but in the wrong direction uh, toward scaling it back and making it less adequate than it is now. So let's talk about who, who's where it's coming from, first of all. It's Senator Richard Burr, who's the Senate Finance Committee Chairman. No, that's Orrin Hatch. Oh, excuse me. All right, so that's Orrin Hatch. Thank you. Uh, Senator Richard Burr is not a chairman, I guess, of a committee. Uh, I, and the House Energy and Commerce Committee Chairman, Fred Upton. That's right. Okay. Uh, and, of course, these are pretty powerful people. They've been in, in Congress for a pretty long time, and they have a lot of sway. Have, have the three of them definitely agreed on this proposal? I mean, they put it forward as a, as a, as a written proposal? Uh, yes, they have. It's very similar to one that was put forward last year with the, uh, in that case, with the co-sponsorship of Senator Tom Coburn of Oklahoma, who has now left the Senate. I see. Okay, so basically the plan, uh, and you're going to give us the details, but let me give the broad brush. 
as I understand it, is they keep the individual mandate that Republicans claim to hate so much. In other words, penalizing you if you don't get health insurance. But they basically take away most of the subsidies to let you pay for the health insurance. Well, uh, a little uh, modification of that. Okay. Uh, they do get rid of the mandate as mandate. But if you don't buy insurance when you have the chance to do so, uh, the penalty is rather different. Uh, under the Affordable Care Act, you have to pay some money. Uh, but under the, uh, uh, this proposal, the protections that uh, uh, people are given when they buy insurance would not apply. So if you voluntarily don't buy health insurance, then insurance companies can charge you whatever premiums they think are appropriate. Uh, they can use pre-existing conditions. Uh, they can cancel coverage, uh, all things that can't be done under the Affordable Care Act. It's a different form of incentive, and it's not, uh, in my opinion, a good way to go, uh, but there still is, as you suggest, an incentive to buy insurance. They reduce the uh, refundable tax credits, um, and the effect of that is pretty draconian in a number of cases, um, moving uh, to a situation where somebody at, say, a little over three times the official poverty threshold, which would be maybe $45,000 a year for uh, a couple, uh, could end up having to spend uh, nearly half of their income on health insurance. Half their income, $20,000. Close to it. Close to it. Uh, that's for uh, somebody living in San Francisco, which is not a low-cost area, but uh, not higher than uh, many other areas in the country. Well, now, here, let me understand this plan here. So you, you'd be, have a chance to voluntarily buy, I guess, during a certain period. And if you don't buy during that period, do you ever get another chance again? Uh, you can buy insurance at any time you want. But uh, if you buy insurance, you will get uh, when you first have the chance, uh, you get some of the protections that are afforded under the Affordable Care Act. Uh, but if you choose not to do so, then insurance companies are exempt from any of those restrictions. They can charge you premiums uh, as high as they may think are justified based on your pre-existing conditions. They can discriminate on the basis of sex. Basically, the pre-Obamacare rules. That's correct. But, but do you get another chance a year later, or are you out Not of automatically. For, uh, so for the rest you of your life, do... if you don't buy when you're 25 and they tell you to buy, you could be denied insurance for the rest of your life. Not quite. Oh. Uh, if you get covered through some mechanism, say you get a job and the job has health insurance, and if you're insured under that for 18 months, then these protections kick kick in once again. I see. I it's see. pretty complicated, and I don't think that particular incentive is a very good one, because if you're uh, somebody who, let's say, is close to disabled or is old and uh, is finding uh, getting a new job uh, impossible in the current labor market, uh, you're out of luck. Uh, under uh, the Affordable Care Act, there are a set of exemptions so that uh, even if you don't carry insurance, you may not be subject to the uh, tax penalty. Um, and in any event, you are still a beneficiary of the various protections 
regarding uh, how high premiums can be set, limits on lifetime maximums cannot be imposed on you. Harry, what, what if under the Republican plan you just can't afford it? You gave the example of a couple earning 40-something thousand a year, uh, having to pay 20-something thousand a year in health care, and uh, this couple may want to, I don't know, pay rent or buy food or any of those ridiculous things that other people want in addition to health care, like food and shelter and clothing, uh, and so they can't afford to spend half their income in health care, and since the Republicans don't provide uh, any, any significant subsidy, they choose to go without. These are the people that be punished the most? Uh, somebody in that situation. But let, let me uh, put this in context. There are some people under the Affordable Care Act uh, who uh, aren't receiving benefits uh, support adequate uh, to make insurance really, really affordable. Uh, and there are, so I'm, what I'm saying is there are some problems in the Affordable Care Act. The solution to those problems is to uh, liberalize in some degree some of the benefits that uh, Obamacare provides. But this bill marches in the other direction, and it that's takes what away, bothers me. It takes away health care subsidies. It reduces them. Does it have any restrictions on health insurance companies' profits? For example, I know under the Affordable Care Act, they can only get a certain amount in, in overhead and profits. Does, does it do that? They have to pay, uh, under the Affordable Care Act, they have to pay out a certain for, uh, percent of premiums in benefits. Those, right. to the best of my knowledge, are repealed and not replaced. But let me mention what I think is, in many ways, even a more serious shortcoming. Okay, is it, is it a 30-second th- thing? Because we've got to take a break soon. Or should I wait till after the break? Uh, Less than that. Go ahead. The Affordable Care Act adds uh, uh, several million people, uh, eventually more than 10 million people, to Medicaid coverage. All Medicaid extensions would be uh, done away with under the uh, Burr-Hatch-Upton bill. Sounds to me like it's just a way to basically punish poor, lower-middle-class people, which, again, I, I expect nothing less from the Republicans. But I'd like to hear from you folks. If you agree or disagree, the toll-free number is 888-653-7543. The Republicans have come forward with a plan. And basically it is if you get sick and you're poor, you're out of luck. I guess that expresses conservative philosophy, at least as far as I understand it. 888-653-7543. Call in, agree or disagree. This is Mark Levine. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Levine. My guest is Henry Aaron of the Brookings Institute talking about a new Republican plan or specifically a plan of Senators Burr, Hatch and Congressman Upton to replace Obamacare, replace the Affordable Care Act. We, we all know the Republicans have voted umpteen times, 50, 60, I lose count, to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Now they have a plan to replace it. And the plan, as uh, Henry Aaron is, is, is explaining to us, basically means that people get far less subsidies to pay to buy health care, and they uh, don't get a lot of the protections, particularly if they, if they choose at one point not to buy it. Uh, they don't get protections for pre-existing conditions, um, and uh, they don't limit health care profits. Uh, Henry, do they keep the uh, children under the parents' plan until they're 26, or does that get thrown out too? Uh, I believe that provision is retained, uh, that children can be kept under their parents' plan. So that was that was a very popular plan, that even the Republicans couldn't couldn't get rid of that. that plan. Everybody is for that. Everybody's for that. Uh, at the end of the day, how are they selling this as better? I mean, you have clearly pointed out that people would lack health care under this plan because they couldn't afford it. How are the Republicans selling it? What's What's the advantage of this? 
Well, um, I think the advantage is that, or that's claimed for it, is that uh, people would be free to buy insurance uh, from companies, uh, any company that they wish, uh, uh, in companies in different states from the ones where they happen to reside. Uh, that competition would thereby be increased. Uh, the argument is that uh, the Affordable Care Act sets uh, admittedly fairly high standards for what insurance has to cover. It has to have a whole range of particular benefits, not all of which every insured person uh, may want or need. And so the, this plan would allow people to buy leaner coverage if that suited their preferences. Uh, the uh, defense is that Medicaid is a uh, unduly uh, bureaucratic uh, uh, form of paying for health care, that fees are too low, uh, and that individual states would be better able, if they were given greater flexibility, uh, to set up uh, coverage for low-income people uh, at less cost than Medicaid requires. Is there is uh, any evidence that states have ever taken a, a, a health care program, a Medicaid program, a Medicare, any, any sort of federal program, and provide it to more people at less cost? I mean, is there any actual There are a number of that? states that have been granted waivers. There's an extensive waiver program that the federal government has. If you can come in as a state and say, we will provide all the benefits that Medicaid uh, now provides and will not uh, put anybody at significant disadvantage, but we want to organize things a little bit differently, uh, the federal government has it in its power to grant a waiver, and those states can go ahead and do that. And uh, In fact, uh, a goodly number of states have done, and more are applying to do it under the Affordable Care Act particularly Republican governors who don't want to simply sign on to the Medicaid extension uh, but want to be able to make the case, and in some cases they may be able to do it. Uh, they want to make, be able to make the case that uh, their modifications can in some way improve the program. But it's also case, a way by which, incidentally, uh, uh, it's possible to dilute benefits, to impose charges that may make it more difficult for uh, people to get coverage under Medicaid. So it seems to me that whenever I look at sort of crossing state boundaries, uh, the examples I always think of uh, are either corporations all going to Delaware or credit card companies all going to South Dakota. Uh, a number of states, most states in the United States, actually prohibit credit cards from charging 10, 20 percent interest. They might charge 7 or 8 or limited at 10 or 14, uh, given that inflation is so low. Well, there's almost deflation. Charging 26 percent is highway robbery or what states call usury. But uh, corporations get around that because they all get headquartered in South Dakota, which doesn't charge, which allows them to charge whatever they want. That's how you get those 26 percent rates. And the, comp the South Dakota small state gets a lot of money from the corporations. And that's why a big bank like Citibank, and Citibank to me, at least makes me think of New York City, a major city, uh, is headquartered in South Dakota because they can charge uh, higher rates. The reason I tell that story is because it seems to me that there would be a race to the bottom in health care. If Mississippi, and I'm just picking on Mississippi because I do, uh, but it could be another state, Mississippi offers uh, you know, that uh, a bare-bones plan whereby cancer isn't covered. Uh, if you get cancer, sorry, it's not in the fine print, or, or some other you know, reasonable condition that any of us can get, um, that a lot of employers and individuals would, be, go, would race to the bottom, buy the cheapest plan, and then when you needed the health care, it wouldn't be there. 
There is concern about that, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are opposed to having these cross-border sales of uh, health insurance. Um, Say a state like New York or California can uh, impose certain requirements with respect to what benefits have to be provided. Uh, And if you're living in California and you want to buy health insurance, uh, you take those, uh, those provisions. Uh, what you're describing could occur, maybe not as egregiously as you described it, but certainly uh, it would be a way for getting around uh, a wide range of state-mandated benefits uh, so that people would be able to buy insurance. And I think states would be tempted to set up uh, low standards and invite insurance companies to uh, domicile within their borders. What are some of the minimum standards of the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, that Uh, are not included under this Republican proposal? Well, there are none required under the uh, Republican proposal. None. People would be free to buy the insurance plans that they want. Uh, And that's, uh, I mean, uh, the fact is that in most uh, places now, uh, people can buy insurance that has a that have a wide range of coverage, uh, and most people uh, are uh, more or less adequately insured. The problem right now uh, is that certain common insurance practices that exist everywhere uh, are really not ones you, I think, would want to defend. For example. Uh, their uh, companies can impose limits on the annual amount of benefits you can claim under a policy so that your insurance covers routine or even moderately serious conditions, but if you're really, really sick and generate large expenses, you can run out of coverage. The same sort of thing applies to lifetime caps on benefits, which are legal or were legal before the Affordable Care Act. some uh, uh, your insurance companies were allowed to vary premiums based on age, sex, pre-existing condition, and so you could get some uh, people being charged premiums that were a dozen or more times what another person was being charged for the same coverage, or not being sold insurance at all. Under the Affordable Care Act, there's a there are some variations in premiums allowed, a ratio of three to one based on age, but not based on sex, not based on pre-existing conditions. Um, and then uh, there are refundable tax credits to hold down the cost of health insurance for people with uh, low and moderate incomes so that uh, insurance is affordable. And so- uh, that's the way the current law works. The problem that I see with the uh, uh, proposed alternative is that the uh, protections would be weakened or removed. The assistance with, uh, uh, to make insurance affordable would be reduced, and consequently, the benefits that the Affordable Care Act provides would be diluted and, in some cases, uh, done away with altogether. So... Is the, first of all, does this proposal have a realistic chance of passing? It's the first one we've heard, serious proposal by a, a group of Republicans in the Senate and the House, at least the first one I've heard uh, in since since the Affordable Care Act first was even proposed uh, in the Obama presidency. Uh, is this something that is actually going to come up for a vote in the House or the Senate? Uh, I don't know whether it's going to come up for a vote, but if it does, and if the Republicans can maintain unity, which is far from obvious, they're a fractious group, too, uh, just like Democrats are fractious, um, uh, they, could, they could pass it in the House. 
it's unlikely that they could muster a uh, filibuster-proof uh, 60 votes in the Senate to pass it there, which means the odds are against it. But even if they succeeded in the Senate, the president, the president would, would veto, the veto it, right. and then they would need six, two-thirds of both houses of Congress. Yeah, that's not happening. And that's not going to happen. Not for the next two years, although it we're going to be running a presidential campaign in true. 2016. So who are the people – I mean, it's interesting because when you ask people about Obamacare – uh, it, it generally polls less well than the Affordable Care Act, which, of course, is the exact same thing. Uh, so if you like the Affordable Care Act uh, but you don't like Obamacare, then you're just ignorant. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but uh, as they poll it, it seems to me that people don't like the Obamacare or even the Affordable Care Act but do like the various provisions in it, uh, children's standard plan until they're 26. Uh, you, you get substantial subsidies for health care insurance. The, the – uh, um, the the, the health care companies have a limitation on, on their profits that you can't discriminate against people with pre-existing conditions. You can go on and on and on. And some of those conditions I just read, people poll in the 70s. So I, I'm curious whether this plan will actually expose Americans to what's really in the Affordable Care Act in comparing the difference between the two plans. Well, I think you've made a very important point. Every element of the Obamacare, individual element of the Obamacare plan, on which polls have been taken, at least that I've seen, has uh, polled favorably, with one exception, and that is the, the mandate. mandate that individuals carry insurance. Right. Uh, if you're going to come forward with an alternative, there is going to be extensive debate, and debate is a time during which members of Congress, newspapers, bloggers, uh, your neighborhood organizations, uh, go through a process of uh, mutual education. Uh, and I think, we will I think one will find that over time, uh, debate over this alternative could actually uh, significantly improve support for the Affordable Care Act. That being so, doesn't it make more sense politically for the Republicans to bang the table, try to repeal the Affordable Care Act, talk generally about why government takeover of health care and death panels are terrible things, and not really get into the specifics of the bill? I mean, politically, it seems to me this is actually a loser for them, which is maybe why we Democrats have been pushing them to come up with a specific proposal from the get-go. Well, um there's an old saying, uh, if you break it, you own it. Um, right now, uh, for good or ill, uh, the Democrats and President Obama own the health care system. It's operating under a law that they enacted, um, even if for most Americans the law affects them negligibly because they are insured uh, under provisions that are not altered by the Affordable Care Act. By their employer by their employer. Nonetheless, if anything goes wrong, um, it's laid at the foot of uh, the Affordable Care Act. In other words, if your insurance company mistreats you because they're an HMO and they've always mistreated you, now suddenly it's the president's fault. Well, I'm not a down on HMOs like you are, but All right. whatever problem goes wrong, that's right. If if you get a corn on your foot, it's uh, the fault of... Yeah, President Obama <laughs> wanted you to get that corn. That's uh... Um, And uh, if uh, the Republicans were to succeed in replacing it with something else, they would own the health care system. Uh, I'm quite sure, I know that there are many very intelligent Republicans who can think ahead as, at least as far as I can, and they are aware of that. So um, I think 
Politically, there may be greater advantage in attacking the Affordable Care Act than actually winning that war. Yeah, I think so, too. Let me go to some of the callers and hear what they have to say. On line four, Doug from Mississippi. Welcome to the show. Hey, me. Hey, Mark. It's me, Reggie, from Decatur, Georgia. Oh, I'm sorry. Reggie from Decatur, Georgia. Okay, I'll get to Doug in a second, then. Well, that's okay. We can do Reggie first. It doesn't matter. Uh, we got both of them calling in. Who, who we got now? Oh, right, Reggie. All right. We'll do Reggie, and then we'll do Doug. All right, go ahead, Reggie. Yeah, I just wanted to say, why does how many times are the Republican or Republican conservatives going to repeal Obamacare before? At least fifty more. Huh? At least fifty more. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe they 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 maybe you know they might win this time. If you keep tr- banging your head against the wall, maybe eventually you'll break through, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Aren't the people getting sick and tired of them doing this? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, Henry, Aaron, have you studied the the politics of this? Is this does does the base, the Republican base, still uh, are they enjoy these attempts to repeal Obamacare, or is it getting old even for the base? Uh, all I know is what I see daily. Uh, I get a summary of public opinion polls. Uh-huh. Um, the um, people are asked questions about which party they think is uh, more reliable or more likely to serve their interests in the area of health care. And currently, the Democrats have a slight edge, not a large one, but a slight edge. Um, It's one of the areas where uh, President Obama, at least on that uh, aspect of things, uh, has a small advantage, even though the law, as you say, uh, does not poll favorably on balance. Uh, Now, uh, how is that going to change over time? Uh, Your callers and your guess is at least as good as mine. But I, my own guess is that over time, as more and more people are uh, served under this new law, as the bugs are ironed out, uh, as I hope health care costs remain well controlled, uh, the balance of public opinion is going to swing uh, more in favor of it. I mean, let's remember uh, Medicare uh, when it started off. And the drug benefit under Medicare, which got passed uh, decades or so ago, right, yep. uh, started off with a lot of problems, too. Uh, and it took a while for things to get ironed out. Uh, eventually, they did. And Medicare is now one of the two most popular programs run by the federal government. So much so that even Republicans, even Tea Party members will say things like, don't don't harm our Medicare. I actually, I have a uh, interview that I did yesterday with Professor Julian Zelzer of Princeton where we talked about that. It was so good, I'm going to replay it in the third hour. Got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, um, oh, we're already done with this hour. Ah, I got to thank Henry Aaron of Brookings. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love. 